When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Time now, though, to talk to Brett Phillips. Let's chat Australian Open. Thanks to Wilson. Get your game on and join us celebrating the Wilson Summer of Tennis. It's going to be, well, we've been talking about a magician in Shane Warne, but there's a few magicians floating around at the Australian Open. BP, talk us through your highlights of yesterday's action firstly. Yeah, good morning, guys. Well, uh, it was uh, yeah, pretty clinical from uh, one Carlos Elcaraz uh, last night uh, as to who's going to be the biggest threat to Novak Djokovic to uh, win this uh, title. And look, he uh, he's looking in superb nick. I mean, to beat uh, you know Mimir Kecmanovic, who's a good player, uh, but to make him look a little silly on uh, centre court just goes to show how good uh, this young man from Spain is. And you know, the Melbourne crowd here, or those coming to the tennis at the Australian Open. You know, it didn't seem last year, you know, two years ago he was building and then obviously he shot up so quickly. So they're now appreciating how good uh, the talent is of uh, this young man. And he looks primed, certainly, I would say, to go through to the final. Uh, I mean, Daniil uh, Medvedev uh, is also, you know, putting himself in contention. Uh, great hard quarter, you know, he has his best Grand Slam record at Melbourne Park and shouldn't be dismissed either, being a, um, you know, a two-time uh, finalists, but Elker has to play Alexander Zverev next. I mean, Zverev wins another match that goes over four hours yesterday. He's played a couple of marathon matches, uh, the sixth seed, and found a way. And he and Elker have had a couple of good battles uh, in the past. So, you know, that's an interesting matchup. But the women's, uh, my goodness me, I mean, you could not have predicted, you know, certainly what's left on that side of the draw from yesterday. So, you know, Diana Yastrzemska, Ukraine. Knocks out Victoria Azarenka, two-time champion. And then Alina Svitolina, 19th seed, had to retire with a back injury three games in. So on that side, we're going to you know, have a new finalist. I think the one that's in the prime position is uh, Xinwing Zhang of China, who's the 12th seed. And she's an absolute rising star of the game, I think, to maybe make the final on that side of the draw. BP, I've been fascinated by Daniel Medvedev and his seemingly a change in demeanour. Um, is he mellowed a little bit? Like he doesn't seem to be getting as fired up as the crowd. <laughs> or is he matured? What is he feeling more confident? What is it? Well, it's probably a little bit of maturity. Yeah, um, you know, he's a, he's a fascinating guy. Uh, I, I I love when he comes into a press conference. I love when he gets a microphone in hand because his brain, you can see, is ticking over a million miles an hour. Got a very high IQ. Uh, can problem solve that on that tennis court. But he, yes, he, he's just a, an outwardly emotional character. He's got a bit of a rap file. So he can be sort of hero and villain all in one, Medvedev. And he plays just an unusual style of tennis. I mean, he he returns almost from, you know, uh, two rows back in the President's Reserve. That's how far back he used to return. 
He doesn't hit orthodox-type strokes. Um, but, you know, we love the point of difference. And, you know, all the Russian players across the journey have been a little bit quirky. Um, but he's, yeah, I mean, another year on the tour. And he's also become a dad in the last uh, 12 oh, months. Okay. So life has, uh, life has changed. Uh, but in the heat of battle, he's still, he's still pretty... Um, you know, pretty fiery, but he, I agree. He's um, just just pulled it back a notch. He's always trying to work on his sort of emotional state. Which um, look at Rublev the night before, so it's not just confined yeah. to Medvedev. The Russians are, are a bit more outward. Now the men's quarterfinals. I'm interested to delve into that, uh, mainly on the back of the news that Djokovic is going to play this afternoon. It's going to be quite hot, but he doesn't get the mm-hmm. desired nighttime time slot, so he's got to play at two thirty p.m. So. A couple of these quarterfinals. Let's start with Djokovic v Fritz, but Zverev v Alcaraz. That looks unreal, and Sinner and Rublev. That's going to be a great watch too. Yeah, look, it's interesting to see Novak get two uh, day games when we've been a permanent fixture at night. I think certainly with uh, Rublev and Demonor finishing at what midnight Sunday night, uh, they've given Rublev um, enough time, proper time to recover. Uh, and Djokovic had played in the day, so I think all about recovery time there. Look, this will this will be the last time he plays in the day if he wins through Djokovic, and you know certainly he's hotly favoured here. I mean, he's got an eight no head to head with Taylor Fritz. In saying that, their last two meetings, you know, I mean, US Open last year, Fritz after being you know certainly blown apart in the first set, went four and four in the next two, and then you know 2021 when it was uh, played with no people in the stands, they had to be kicked out. Due to the curfew in Melbourne, I mean, they, they played a five-setter here and, and Fritz came back from two sets to love down to make a great contest of that. But he's going to have to find something and, the yeah, the temperature is going to be extremely warm. And then Sinner Rublev, I mean, look, Andre's never won a quarterfinal. I mean, when's he going to break this hoodoo? Zero and nine in quarterfinals. And he comes up, a guy, comes up against a guy who's playing the best tennis of his life right now in Yannick Sinner. Um, so I think Sinner will be nice and fresh for that. Uh, should get it done. Yeah, Carlos Alcaraz should be, you know, certainly Zverev. I think we're certainly heading for a Djokovic-Alcaraz final, but Sinner's the one that obviously has been the talk of the town here. And, you know, but his ultimate test will come if he um, gets through to play, you know, Novak, if that's the matchup in the semi. I know it's very hard at this stage, BP, but you sort of did predict a little bit there the final for the men's. What about the women's draw? It's really quite open now, isn't it? Well, it's, a, it's probably a shame in a way that uh, if Sabalenka gets through today and Coco Goff gets through, that's the semi. Uh, with what's left in the draw, you'd probably love that to be the final, mm. uh, considering we lost Iga Sviontek and Elena Rybakina and Jess Pagula of that big five. Um, and who would win that semi-final right now? Gee, both have been in outstanding form, haven't dropped a set. I mean, this has been obliterating opponents, to be honest. And you know, I just worry about uh, Arena Sevalenka when she gets to a semi of a slam. I mean, she broke through in one Melbourne last year, but, mm. you know, got the yips in the other three semis. So I, I like Coco Goff. I really think she's playing mm. great tennis. And, yeah, Xing uh, Wenjiang of China, I think, is best equipped of those players left, the unheralded players on the other side of the draw to make it through. Just quickly on the Aussies that are left in the doubles, mate, can you give us an update there? Matty Ebden, I think uh, he's still going. Uh, well, yeah, him and Bopana, yeah, Rohan Bopana uh, yep. got through. So they're a big hope in the men's doubles. But, um, yeah, a bit of an upset with uh, Storm Hunter and Matt Ebden in the mixed doubles as the top seeds got knocked out last night by the Aussie Wildcats, um, Andrew Harrison 
uh, Jamie Foolis. Andrew Harris is the son of Anne Minter, who played the first ever night match when the tournament was moved to Flinders Park, as it was known back in 1988. There's a little bit of trivia for you, but um, that was a bit of an upset. But, yeah, we're hoping Stormy can go all the way, certainly in the women's doubles. That would be a nice way to win. Uh, would have been a great fortnight for her. Can I just ask, BP, a bit of a question without notice. How much do the broadcasters have... Uh, and I mean radio, TV, everything, have an impact on the draw? Because I, I was, it was very unusual to see Novak in those two day matches. And I think probably for most people, the more interesting match day, I'm actually more interested in Sinner and Rublev, but do the broadcasters aside that, or is that the Open itself? Yeah, look, it's, it's fascinating. I'd love to be a fly on the wall sitting in the scheduling meeting because there's obviously all the, uh, the rights holders who pay, you know, big money and they all have a say at the table. Right, and okay. uh, obviously it depends who is left in the draw. And obviously, you know, with Demonor still left on Sunday, I mean, the thought I imagine would have been to put him in prime time when more eyeballs can get on that. Sunday night and, and Djokovic always has a good run, um, you know, at playing at night. So, um, you know, I think certainly, you know, he can, there's the capacity for him to play uh, during the day just to even it up for everyone. But, yeah, there's lots of stakeholders, uh, long story short, that get in there and all have their say and have, um, have a seat at the table. So it's not an easy thing to uh, try and schedule um, a day's play. Yeah, I'd be fascinated to sit in on Olympics scheduling. I remember mm. covering Tokyo 2020. And there's so and, many broadcasters. Well, and the swimming finals were in the middle of the day in Tokyo mm. because NBC in the States prioritised that as their yeah. most important mm. time slot. So, yeah. yeah, magic how it all happens. But, yeah, fly on the wall. Djokovic, I'm sure, isn't thrilled about it, <laughs> particularly if it's a long match in the middle of the heat. BP, as always, you're all over it down there at the Australian Open. Thanks for your time this morning. Pleasure. Thank you, team. This Australian Open update. Thanks to Wilson. Get your game on and join us in celebrating the Wilson Summer of Tennis.